Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. JB. Tim. Is your head in the game? Come on. Absolutely. Phil. Always. Shall we, gents? Let's do it. One, two, three. Pod. Pod. Before we get going with the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, can I just make an apology? I'm sorry, uh, Phil, JB, I didn't get the memo about the dress code for oh, yeah. today's <laughs> podcast. Shirt, shirt and tie only, I didn't realise, sorry. All business. I've got my Oklahoma Sooners shirt on. Oh, nice. I'm sorry, sorry. So, JB's, I don't know how, you sent us a message two minutes before we were due to podcast saying, just finished my meeting, I'll be there in two. And you work about 15 miles away. No, I was in Burnley. Rumsbottom, Burnley, whatever it was. I just... Uh, Hammered it over. Yeah, which is still about 15 miles away. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say, is anyone else's spouse doing 100 happy days? No, thank God. No, thank goodness mine isn't either. Uh, oh. This is something that people do on Facebook, isn't yeah, it? I want to kill myself every time. It makes me wonder, how unhappy is my spouse? Because the only people who are truly unhappy would ever do 100 happy days. Well, it's either very unhappy and trying to convince themselves that their life isn't that bad, or... Trying to show off about how amazing their oh, life is. I think is. That there's a little bit of it's like when people take pictures of their food and put it on Instagram and stuff. Oh. It's just it's kind of just broadcasting my life's great. Oh. Yes, it's so narcissistic. Things I actually care. No, do you know what? I would love a hundred days of honesty on Facebook. If people, if <laughs> people just went. I felt a bit depressed. With no one looking, I just ate a whole packet of biscuits and feel <laughs> now I feel really guilty about it. No one ever puts stuff like that on Facebook. <laughs> I like to put a hundred really shallow things like investments rep again or something really, really materialistic and shallow. We've got lots on today's podcast. We've got a, a fatty 15. We've got some talk about the Commonwealth Games, sevens, the Super Rugby semi-finals. Uh, we've got a club close-up with a couple more premiership sides. Uh, that and more coming up. But Phil is very, very excited because now let's let's think, what, what were you doing just under a year ago, Phil? You were, you were playing a bit of rugby when you weren't injured. You were... Yeah. You were just training and, you know, hooked up with me and JB on the on this podcast thing. And now you're going to be stood in a room and you're going to be chatting to Hugo Monnier, Marlon Yard, Joe Marler and co. You're going to the Harlequins official kit launch. How are you going to do this? Are you going to make them queue? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I've got like a, a ticket machine from a local delicatessen. Oh, nice. I'll get them all to take <laughs> a ticket. the numbers up. Yeah. Oh, you can do, do it by their shirt number as well, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way. I yeah. like it. Phil's going to be there on his own uh, this time. He's going solo at the Harlequins kit launch. Yeah. Exciting. It, it is exciting. It's a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very interesting, though. I'm really, really looking forward to it because, as we mentioned before, 
It's Adidas doing the kit this yes, year. Yes, very exciting. And we're all big fans of Adidas kits. I thought there would have been some sort of leakage or something on the internet. I can't find anything. So it's Wednesday really? morning. It's going to be unveiled. Yeah, I've, I've searched high and low. For, we have said some uh, very nice things about the, uh, well, about the Harlequins kit, but also about the Adidas kits that they've made for France and Italy. Yeah. Only, oh, I, wouldn't it be nice if they did multicolour Adidas stripes? Do like the, was it, did they go white and red France stripes? I think France is just white and red, but the Italy is it white, red, and it is, green. green. Oh, yeah, so nice. That is nice. Yeah, so if they could do that, that'd be great. It might be too late in the day to change it, but if they can change it <laughs> and incorporate that, that in, we've not had an invitation to the Newcastle Falcons unveil- kit unveiling yet. <laughs> Maybe next. Year. Not yet. Yeah, Maybe. I reckon uh, next week we'll when all the kit launches are kind of in and ready for the season, and a lot of teams are keeping their kit from last year. We'll have to do a a league table of stash yes yes um, definitely but well, so, when we've picked our real league table exactly. yes then we can uh, compare it to the stash league table uh, on with what we've got to talk about let's, let's get straight to some super rugby action because that's the most high level competitive rugby that's going on at the minute and it was the semi-final time and mm. there were some good games yeah we got up early Phil made us a lovely I had a, a bit of sausage it was pork and black pudding Mm, delicious lovely lovely roll forgot to make his girlfriend a sandwich she wasn't <laughs> happy he made a sandwiches with a spare sausage on the side which I thought was crucial if I dropped a sausage that would obviously be my replacement I had to give up that sausage for Claire I know I'm sorry yeah. I'm sorry Claire I uh, overlooked you said these two are more important he had his head in the game uh, so, yeah. we, so, we, so we sat down early doors as you may well have done on Saturday and uh, were treated to a double bill of super rugby action uh, the first game let's talk about that one then uh, well, Canterbury for... Crusaders against Natal Sharks. The first thing I noticed, uh, and it didn't really bear out throughout the game, but still, is wasn't Richie McCoy in funny shape? Yeah. He, he, he looked kind of... He looked squarer. He didn't have that yeah. V-shaped torso. No, he's kind of like all kind of barrel-chested. His arms looked a, bit, a little bit smaller. And he's a seven, one of the best sevens in the world, has been for a long time. Dan Carter, one of the best tens uh, for long, in the world for a long time. And they both played out of position. I'm just wondering if they're starting to lose a bit of their stardust. I, th- I think part of that is um, the requirements of the team, mm. um, but also that the people who've been playing 10 and 7 have been playing so well that they're having to work their way back yeah. in around them. But let's say, well, Richie McCaw, for one, completely justified his selection. And even with a six on his back, and even not quite looking the, the same yeah. specimen that he was in the past, he, um, he played a, a yeah. cracking game. It's just everywhere, wasn't he? Like, even though he, he can't be as fit as he. No. has been in the past or possibly should be but he was still I th- everywhere I think fitness is one of those things you don't necessarily lose do you I mean you can still run around a pitch for a long time I think you lose the explosivity but he's never really been about that well I'll tell, no. I'll tell you I think what he probably has got is which I think the best player on the pitch Kieran Reid had yeah, there's no this, moving him this rugby intelligence you never see him just aimlessly running about he always whenever he actually exerts himself he's doing something really crucial and important yeah. And, I, and I think that's just what people, real intelligent rugby brains, that's, if, that's, what, that's what they bring. If you watched his positioning for his try, I think he took it up in midfield on the, the left-hand side of the pitch. The ball went wide to the right. And instead of following it or chasing after the ball, he held his width and just got back, worked back into position so that when he got the ball the second time, he broke the tackle mm. and cantered in. Stepping the fullback and under the sticks. Yeah, he he did. He beat back, cantered is the word. He, he didn't look like he was running fast, but he, he was, never does. Though. He broke through a tackle. He gassed it. Step. 
He's some player. Effortless. We said it a few times. Yeah, it turned into a, a bit of a beatdown. Come the, come, the, come, come the final whistle. The flying can't help. Well, uh, come on. It's what year fifteen of 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 Super Rugby. You know you've got to fly. So just get on with it. Yeah, no, but go a week early. The, do do well, something. Do you know what? And like you say, it's been fifteen years of Super Rugby, and I only just factoring it in when you play one weekend and you've got that level of time difference because we think about flying around for Heineken Cups and mm. but actually it's it's two uh, two hours maximum yeah yeah difference yeah and it's f- a different that's a totally different proposition isn't it having to travel from South Africa to New Zealand or yeah. Australia well, it's like a 11 or 12 hour time difference like yeah. it, that will make a, a huge impact that will make a massive difference and uh, yeah Sharks were never in the game the other semi-final there was a it was a bit more in the balance for a bit longer yeah I thought this game well, this is one I was really looking forward to, but I thought it was kind of disappointing until the last 20 and in in when it just lit up. Waratah's Brumbies, by the way, if you yeah, haven't been following it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say disappointing, but I'd say that Waratah's defence was just so resolute throughout the whole match mm. that they kind of stifled the Brumbies and they they stopped them from really showing their attacking threat. Now talk about the the sort of ending because me and me and Jay left because well, we'll, we'll I think we'll, I've we'll seen t- it since so we'll touch on the jujitsu that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that Jay took me to go and try out yeah so but yeah so we left when it was kind of it looked like Waratahs were going to win but yeah I think you left when it was uh, 16-8. and uh, Will Skelton came on and in that period that last period Brumbies were banging on the door over and over again and they kept on getting little half breaks and then Waratahs cover defence was absolutely superb five minutes to go Brumbies break down the right wing and you think they're in here and somehow I think the, the nine Phipps gets across makes the covering tackle the ball gets thrown inside and Ben Robinson the loose head prop picks it up with space Go- in front does of he him step at this point <laughs> he does he looks like he's about to unleash and go 80 yards but he doesn't he goes about 10-15 yards gets taken down they spread the ball wide Will Skelton gets an offload, travelling at some pace, breaks... Th- that break is incredible, actually. Yeah, it is brilliant. Breaks three or four tackles and starts opening his legs. At this point, uh, my, my girlfriend walks in the front door and I'm in the front room shouting, big man with ball, big man <laughs> with ball, go on, go on. So he, he comes up to the fullback, the winger's coming across and he puts a pass across to what looks like no one. I thought he'd messed it up and then all of a sudden Bernard Foley <laughs> steams onto it yeah, and under the sticks. It was brilliant. Absolutely superb try. Can I, I just say, um, I just want to make an observation. Um, as you described that try, Phil, you used the phrase, he opened his legs. And I just want to say, <laughs> with, the, with the Women's Rugby World Cup coming up, let's make sure we don't use that phrase in relation to any fast wingers. Let's let's find a different oh, way of putting it. Did you it. see the Sky... Ad- <laughs> is it Sky advert? No. No, it wasn't Women's World Cup. It was a documentary about women's rugby. Oh, no, I saw that, Yes, yes. yes. And what it's kind of me? like living with lions, but with for England women's rugby well, team. Well, it's like thirty seconds of clips, but they, it seems to me they can only get two very short clips of them actually playing rugby. There's one of them drying their hair. I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> one, one was drying their hair, and the other one was what was the other one having dinner. Oh well, you see stuff like that on Living with Lions and stuff, don't you? What them drying their hair? Not drying their hair so much. We well, see Matt Dawson stood in front of a mirror looking at himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The game where he scores the try, one of the tries that wins the series, before the match, he's, he's standing and his pre-match thing is he stood in front of a mirror. Watch, watch it again. Roll the tape again. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Matt Dawson stares, stares at himself in the mirror. So, hey, is he, listen. Is he topless? Horses for courses. Uh, I don't think he is topless, no. 
No, definitely watching it. Meanwhile, Neil Jenkins <laughs> is puking. That's how he rolls. So that's Super Rugby. So we've got a pretty tasty final to look forward to. Yes. Cla- oh, I was going to say a classic final. It's not a classic final, is it? Because, of course, Waratahs made it. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know. If, yeah, if Brumbies, had made, Brumbies Crusaders would be a classic Waratahs final. Crusaders. How do you see it going? Well, Waratahs have got home advantage, haven't they? Mm. I'd like Waratahs to win. I worry for the Waratahs at scrum time. I think Canterbury will do a job on them. Do you, do you think? Yeah. I don't think yeah, there's, anything, I do. there's anything to pick between the two. Well, Sharks scrum is superb. And, yeah. and Canterbury. The Cru- Crusaders held it pretty well. Yeah. And I had almost had a nudge if I if you had to. And and meanwhile, Waratahs struggled a little bit against Brumbies. Yes. That Waratahs backline is awesome. It is awesome. It is. That, that Waratahs team is, is, well, is awesome full stop. Yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's great, great players everywhere. I feel it's a bit, little bit like cha- uh, changing of the guard. What with Waratahs being the, the number one. Yeah. But Ooh. you think about it, it's only a couple of years ago and the Reds were unplayable. Yeah. And they're just dropped no, out no, of no, all no, recognition. No, 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 no. They finished 13th this year. The yeah, Reds, exactly. The Reds weren't unplayable, but they had a couple of players with the with the X factor. All you only need to do is get into the into the final four and then they'd have a chance. They're the kind of team which which could implode, and they have. I'm I'm gonna go with Canterbury win. Ooh, away from home. I, away from home, I know, against the odds, but I just I look at Kieran Reid and you go Richie McCaw back in with it, that nouse, the nasty, horrible front five they've got. I think they're going to get the job done pretty ugly. But they don't have Israel for Lawanko. No, they don't. They've got M- Namani Nodolo, though, who's pretty dangerous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Namani, it's on. Get over here. Get over to the UK <laughs> and just let's have some tackling practice with JB. With it's not that. I just feel that he's, he's stoppable because it takes him a good old time to get going. Once, he's get, once he gets going, he's fine. But he's not <laughs> like a Falawa and North who just go. They just... Turn and go. Maybe. So you're going for Waratahs then? I am. And you, Phil? Yeah, I think it'll be less than five points either way, but I'm going to go Crusaders. Oh, that's that's against the... F- f- no, not against the form book, because Canterbury was scintillating in the last game, but that's against the but, yeah, bookies. Well, and it's, against... it's against the expert. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Now, listen, um, there was some other rugby going on. It was the scorching weekend. Did anyone bother sitting in and watching the Commonwealth Game 7s? No. Really, really? Uh, I saw the second half of the final. Oh, who was in the final? Uh, South Africa, New Zealand. Yeah. What happened to uh, Scotland's dream team? Pathetic. <laughs> where, where do they go? They, they've got all their really good players. Well, all their players. I saw the final. That's it. I've not, not checked anything uh, else. Who I was t- too busy at... Weddings and moving lots. They, lots call, of they call the Commonwealth Games the friendly games. Who I, cares? I, well, there is a little bit of that, and it's although Wales have got some medals, Jay. They have most number of Again, medals. Up. I don't care. <laughs> I, I almost think there's so many medals flying around, and it's. It should almost just like make the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony and just have like a load of medals in their hand and just throw them into the, <laughs> the people. And just grab one. There you go. You got one. Well, well done. done. Well done. Or it could be like everyone gets one. It's the friendly game. Such an odd concept. The the ex colonial games or, or whatever it is. Yeah. We came and stole all your natural resources and gave you a bit of education, com- education, and, and civilization, and all the rest of it. Don't forget that. Yeah. Okay. And strangely drawn borders. Oh, we should say thank you very much to all of the contact we've had over the last week on Twitter and whatnot. It's been a lot of fun, actually. We did something last week where we were suggesting, as it's the season of summer blockbuster films, we were suggesting some rugby movies. 
and lots of people came up with some brilliant suggestions. So I'll just run through a few of them. Tello said, uh, what about a rugby movie? Alex called Busy Aero. Works hard, becomes more mobile, turns into a back row and wraps his way, way through number eight mile. Nice, <laughs> nice. Corbs could do that. James Abraham, who is the produ- head of production at BT Sport. Hi, James. Great said, guy. Bill and Ted's Exeter Adventure, Ooh. which I quite like. <laughs> Ooh. You just need a rugby player called Bill and a rugby player called Ted. Hang on. Sonny Bill Williams? Sonny Bill and... Ted. Uh, is Graham Henry's nickname Ted? I made that yeah, up. yes, yes. Is... <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, next one. Uh, Rory says, Ronan the Barbarian. Monster legend Ronan O'Gard. <laughs> I won't watch that. I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hans says, The Hangover, starring Kurtley Beale, Quade Cooper and nice. James O'Connor. <laughs> very nice. How did I end like? up in London Irish? <laughs> <laughs> Danny Daycare. Uh, says I James like Bubb Danny Care gets struck off from Harlequins and opens up a daycare for petulant little children would that be like that would be like the daycare one with The Rock yeah great film it's anything great. with The Rock is a great film uh, this one as well uh, Trindependence Day Enigmatroid Trindependence Day <laughs> Henry Trinder establishes his own nation state with dramatic consequences uh, this one as well you're going to have to explain this one to me boys I'm completely in the dark about this Rob, Rob has said um, two girls one rugby world cup I don't, no. oh, I don't I don't get that no, one. No, 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 I don't no. understand that. Over my head. don't know. Uh, so thank you very much. And it's that rugby podcast you can get in touch with us. Uh, right, let, let's let's do a quick round of Just a Rugby Minute. Obviously like the thing they do on the radio, Just a Minute, but we're doing it with rugby. We're going to pick a topic for one of the other egg chasers. They're going to try and talk about it for a minute or as long as they can. If they repeat, hesitate, can't say anything, then we move on to the next person. Phil, pick something for JB. Something or someone. Anything? Yeah, something or someone rugby related. Okay, I'm gonna go for Ronan O'Gara. When do I start? <laughs> oh, the sound effect wasn't clear enough. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Let's start again. Go. Ronan O'Gara is a standoff who plays in Ireland. His team is Munster, and he's had no other association with any. Are you reading off a computer? Uh, since or after. Following his playing career, he moved to uh, Racing Metro. Hesitation! (laughs) Tim. He was responsible for the defeat by the British and Irish Lions in South Africa. All he had to do was kick the ball safe, dead, to touch, and instead he decided to try the old, oh, I'll catch it and step and try and run it. And absolutely bodged up. Ronan O'Gara, though. Uh, oh, oh, hesitation. <laughs> Phil. He's been capped by the British and Irish Lions many times, Ooh. but his most famous moment for the British and Irish Lions was getting his face pounded in by Duncan McRae. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wanted to mention that. Well done. Oh, we'll move on. <laughs> Let's talk fatties. So we did a Wee 15 a few weeks ago, which led to the suggestion on Twitter that we should do a, a Fatties 15. And, and in fact, it was it came by way of a challenge, didn't it, Phil? Yeah, the challenge was, can you make a team that weighs uh, more than two tonnes? To which I obviously immediately reply, replied... Let me look at my spreadsheet. No. No. Oh. Because two metric tonnes is 24 and a half stones per man. But a short tonne or a US tonne 
would be about 22 stones per man. Oh, that's almost doable. Which... Is it doable? Well, I think it is doable, but you'd have to have some players that you've never heard of. Right. Pro French Division uh, 2 or nah. New Zealand ITM Cup, you've never heard of. No, let's keep it household names. Yes. Yeah. So we'll try and do it household names, but I think, Jay, you also want to give some uh, credit to some people who are... Horrendously Fat, yeah. out of shape. Yeah, yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fatty 15s. It might not be that they necessarily weigh in the scales at the highest amount, but they're just Fats. carrying a bit of a paunch, Fats. maybe. Yeah. Well, I reckon we should start at 15. We normally go 1 to 15. I think because the big, big boys are going to be 1 to 3, let's save them Ooh. at the end. Let's go 15 to 1. So, uh, fullback or back three in general. Right. Who is the fullback who plays for the Highlanders? Or the, do you mean the Chiefs? Chiefs, thank you. Sweeney. Yeah, Sweeney. That's exactly who I've got He's down. a big boy. <laughs> he's a he's, big old unit. No, he's not actually that heavy. I, I did look him up. No, um, no, but how fat is he? That, he he's fat. He, he, he doesn't look like a fullback. No. Uh, when I was at uni, uh, there was a lad who was given the nickname As If because he came up looking like a prop but claimed that he was a, a fullback. So nice. he was called As If because it was As If You're a Fullback. Nice. We've got a couple of guys that have, like that have showed up for Broughton Park this year. I was like, oh, well, we're doing all right for props. And it turns out he's a winger. <laughs> so I, 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 won't, I won't mention a name. Uh, but yeah. In fact, there's two of them. Well, one of them plays hooker and can also play centre. I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Well, well, sounds like you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> threatening your multi, multi-position. Fullbacks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Only I can do that. Fullbacks, one of the areas I found most difficult. Wingers, there's quite a few contenders, yeah. isn't there? So for my heaviest 15, I moved... Someone who often plays wing to fullback. Who? Uh, Namani Nadolo. 19 uh, stone. Uh, yeah. Okay. 19 and a half stone. Yeah. What about uh amazing guy who used to play in France? Fijian. Uh, got R- lost. Rupeni I've put him in the centre because. So Namani Nadolo, 19 and a half stone, 125 kilograms. Rupeni Thalthal, the heaviest I've got him is 18 and three quarters. Does anyone think Alex Good looks a bit chunky? He does. He's got a very, like, solid square yeah. body. I know what you mean. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I, no, I don't think I'd say fat. I, I'm not sure of that. No, he, he he's not fat. He's I don't not. think. And he, he's he's only quite small as well. He's 85 kilograms. He's very and a half rotund, I guess. Um, but you've got players like again. I don't know if you'd use the word like put him in a fatties 15, but just big units. You've got uh, Alessana Tuilagi. Yeah, 18 and a half stone. Big old fella, 117 kilograms. Jonah Lomu, obviously, yeah. the well of his age. Imagine how big he'd be if he was coming through now with modern training techniques and yeah. supplements and all of that jazz. So he's the same height as Namani Nadolo, but five kilograms lighter, so more than half a stone lighter. Wow. Than, uh... We've got Nadolo in, definitely. We're agreed on that one. Again, Fatty's 15, it feels wrong putting him in. He's just a big man. He was formerly fat. He's, he's looking yeah. in. Pretty good shape. Yeah, now. he's looking in much better shape. Repenny Thalfal uh, definitely at, I his, love at his, his fattest. Yeah. Do, do you know because they signed him and they couldn't? He's made a report back to training. Yeah, and he, he went, went AWOL. So they had to fly over like it took him three or four flights to get there and a day through a jungle track. And they actually found him uh, in some severe pain with like dental infection. So they had to get him back and then spend a, for, um, a fortune on his teeth before he could play. Do you reckon they just had some? Uh... 
like rhino tranquilizer to try yeah, I take him so. down, get him on the plane. Look at oh, look at the picture. Some of hunters him. from nineteen fifties. Look at the picture of him playing. Oh, for Toulouse. For Toulouse. Look at the look big at slice. Yeah. He had, a, he had a stint at Toulouse at outside centre. He still managed to shift. Looking I know. Yeah, that that and also he shifted well. In fact, if anything, <laughs> the fat version of him was more impressive than the thin version. <laughs> Come on, Matthew Bastero in the centre as well. Sorry, we, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't know. So, uh, so well, Repenny oh, Fal Fal. Well, my, oh, you moved him to centre. My back three was Tua, Alessandro Tuolagi. Yeah, got him. 18 and a half. John Olomu, 19. Yeah. Namani Nadolo, 19 and a half. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, so I would go, if you were putting Repenny Fal Fal in the centre, then Matthew Bastero. Definitely. Surely he's a nailed on twelve. Definitely, he's he's virtually he's near as damn it nineteen stone. I'm missing. And he, look, and he just looks and out of shape. Yeah, he could lose two stone and be a much better player, much more dynamic. No, Come on, no, flat no, fly no, half. No. I'm I, I'm I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let JB. No, say I don't it. know any. I don't Fla- know any. I don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> Corona time. <laughs> no, no, Andy Good. No, now. Come on. I looked up Andy Good and. He hasn't been weighed since his Leicester days. His official listed weight is 97 kilograms. <laughs> Which is 15 stone, 15 near stone, as damn it. Yeah. There is no way he, think, he is still 15 stone. Well, there's, there's clearly a direct correlation between extremely talented players and extremely high weights. He must have just had it written in it, into his contract that he doesn't have to have... Pre-season. A, well, yeah, pre-season. He doesn't get weighed in. And he doesn't Jim, get weighed in, yeah. yeah. So he hasn't been weighed since, not even towards the end of his Leicester career, the, the, the early days in his Leicester career. Yeah, it must be very early. When he was 18, first coming in as a, as a schoolboy. So it's like when uh, you see football transfers and they go, an undisclosed fee. It's like, Andy <laughs> goes in our 15, undisclosed weight. Undisclosed weight, weight yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, fly, uh, scrum half as well. Well, uh, Sean Perry, why don't we start with that? Oh. Yeah, he was just solid. He was, a, he was big. He was a bit fat. Was a bit <laughs> fat. Definitely was a bit fat. But Perry Weepu. Yes, that's what I was going to say. When he got Baron fat. Kelleher could, could put on weight. Yeah, he, he could. Was, no, he was but, also stacked. No, but come on, let me just get the picture up of Perry Weepu after he'd celebrated. Oh, the... no, you're all wrong. Ricky January. Done. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did balloon, didn't he? Ricky January was only about five foot four, though, so he can't have been that heavy. Perry Weepu, who did it. He, he, I mean, if there's ever a time to just balloon in weight. Then it's after you're a World Cup winner. You yeah. just won the World Cup. I'm gonna. I don't care anymore. I'm going on a four month bender. Just good eating, for him. <laughs> eating anything. So he he turned up ten kilograms overweight. Was reported when he came back to the Blues after the World Cup. His normal weight is ninety six kilograms. So that puts him hundred and six kilograms, which is sixteen and a sixteen and a bit. That's... Yeah, that's going from fifty under fifteen stone to big. sixteen and a half. Yeah, stone. Yeah. That's a bit. I mean, it was just bad weight. Yeah, yeah. He was stone and a half yeah. of bad weight. He wasn't down the gym putting on ten kilograms of muscle in that time. Nice, nice. That's good work. <laughs> and he carried it all around his head, from what I can see from the pictures. Perry, <laughs> uh, Perry Weepu. That's a massive backline. Perry Weepu, Andy Good, Matthew Bastero, Rapeni Falfal, Alessandro Tuolagi. Naman and Nadolo at the back, and the other winger... Uh, Jonah Lomu. Jonah Lomu, obviously Jonah Lomu. So a couple that don't get in, Jamie Roberts, Manu Tuolagi in the centres, are both, yeah. not fat. both 10 kilograms too light. Uh, just, just from I'm a heavy, not... heavy point of view. Yeah, they're not fat. They're 10 kilograms too light. Uh, George North as well is more than 10 kilograms too light. Yeah. George North's got a really interesting shape. He's massive from like the he's rump huge, and the legs. And yeah, like his, legs. his legs and backside are huge compared to his upper body. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's big there as well, anyway. 
But there's not many when he like burst onto the scene. There's not many eighteen-year-olds with that physique. No. Is the, that like, he's, a, oh, he's amazing at deadlifts with yeah. that with that core. Yes, that. I imagine he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Well, so here we go then. Getting bigger and bigger. Let's get into the forwards. Yes. Number eights. There'll be some big old. It's really Henry Tuilagi's got to be yeah. a contender. Yeah, I've got him down as 128 kilograms, so just over 20 stone. I feel like we need some sort of music for the forwards. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, there was a story about Henry Tuilagi when Alessana first turned up at Leicester because they were in the same conditioning group, but Henry Tuilagi was consistently beating Alessana Tuilagi over the condi- conditioning drills. But it was because there's a like a thing in Samoan culture that you're not allowed to build someone who's more senior sorry not allowed to beat someone who's more senior <laughs> who's more senior in your family wonderful so, so Alec Tuolagi was just hanging at the back letting Henry Tuolagi win every time so they put them in separate uh, conditioning groups <laughs> that's after that. absolutely amazing I love that so does he make R15 uh, do you reckon he, he's one of the heaviest I could find yeah in, in the back row he's, all, he's pretty much all good weight those Tuolagi boys that seems to carry an ounce of bad weight Thomas Waldron. <laughs> Why have you dismissed Thomas Waldron? I haven't dismissed Thomas Waldron. It's a fatty's fifteen. Stop! Stop! Yeah, well, he's giant. I have I have my uh, mo, which is to get the heaviest team. No, pick the fattest. No, no, no. no. But... Thomas Waldron is, is 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 on my list, and as in terms of out of shape, yeah, he does. I, I he's an England international. He must be in shape. He must be really fit. <laughs> he, he must, must be, be right. He must be. <laughs> Look at this picture that comes. Wow. <laughs> It's, it's all. That's like, amazing. It's, it's all in between the chin and the chest. It's like it's, there's, he's got a straight line between his chin and his chest. That is, that's incredible. It's like he's carrying food for his children to regurgitate, <laughs> like a pelican. Uh, with hamster cheeks. I, I'd put Thomas Waldrum in our fat fifteen over Henry Tuilagi. Of course like you it. would. Why, even, why wouldn't you? Even you... If, even if we miss our goal of being above a, a, a US ton. <laughs> oh, how about Gillian Galan? Oh yes, you could you could shift Thomas Waldron to six. See, I don't even need to write these down. I'm just they're just coming from the top of my head. He's to lose look- his Gillian Gillan, Gillian Gillan is yeah. again. He he's could- a monster. He's like a bear. I'm not like you know the you know he's like a bear. It, it must be hard in France to not just gorge on cheese and bread and cakes. So- oh, and croissant. Oh, oh. all the butter <laughs> and a croissant. Mm. Matthew Bastero and Gillian it- Gillan. Although <laughs> the paleo community will say as long as it's grass-fed butter, eat away. Yeah. His uh, Toulouse profile looks like it's been photoshopped. It has been photoshopped. No he looked a lot slimmer than he does actually on the pitch. He looked like a right mess when he played at Saracens, but he looked awesome at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's he, rugby. He's, he's 19 stone, Gillian Galan. Um, put him in. Gillian Galan is at eight, Thomas Waldrum's at six. Um, unless you can come up with someone better. Probably. Well, I can come up with heavier, but not as uh, out of shape. The Macca boys must be heavier. Edwin Macca. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Edwin Macca is listed... As 142 kilograms. Now, Edwin Macca... That's over 22 stone. I wasn't allowed to say this on one of the podcasts, so I'll say it now instead. (laughs) Um, Edwin Macca, when we did our criminal 15, was charged... (laughs) (laughs) I've got control of the microphones. Careful what you say. (laughs) Was charged for keeping a slave... Seriously, look it up. He kept a... Oh, wait, no. He was released without charge... Yeah, it, it, I don't think it's Edwin Macca because Edwin Macca is only 21. 
Oh. It would be one of the... Ma- well, ma- let's find out, and shall I we? I think he was released without charge. Well, let's find out. Keeping a slave. Let me go to my good yes. friend Skynet. Presumably to feed his brother. Phenel Macca slavery. Phenel Macca, it is. Denied a charge of modern slavery. Wowza. Let's move on. Waldron goes to seven, Macca to six, and Galana eight. Yeah. Second rows. Okay. So you mentioned... Jonathan Mills. <laughs> Jonathan Mills. Yeah. I, I, I meant to mention this after I went watched the Leicester Sale game ages ago. He is so out of shape. Yeah. He's, he's all around his hips. He's, good. he's got normal-sized <laughs> shoulders and then just this big, well, spare tyres around his hips. Um. <laughs> he works hard. He's got a good engine. He keep, does yeah. keep going. Jonathan Mills does stick his head in places and do a lot of work, mm. a lot of grunt. But he does look like he could lose a couple of how, kgs. How about, yeah. another, how about another Welshman? Gavin Quinnell. I oh, it was God. on my list. Was Cra- he? As Craig Quinnell, Gavin Quinnell, uh, take, take your pick. Jonathan Mills is listed as under 18 stone. That can't be right. No, it can't be right. Could he just have one of those body shapes that's a little bit squarer and doesn't do the V shape? Maybe that's what it is with some of these guys. They just... <laughs> <laughs> that their bone you, structure doesn't allow for the VPS um, beast V and yeah, uh, it's a very very kind interpretation. Yeah, very Mis- misguided interpretation. Yes. I would say. We got any more contenders for second row? Well, some heavy like Will Skelton. You mentioned is the heaviest person playing in Australia yes. at the moment. He's 100- yeah, because like Cudmore must be well, really heavy as well. I don't think he's that. I think he's like he's 18, a, 19 stone. He's in awesome shape. Yeah, uh, he is in awesome shape. Thanks for reminding me, Tim. I'll uh, <laughs> look that up in a bit. <laughs> uh, so Will Skelton's 137 kilograms, so 21 and a half. Sorry, do you want to talk about Jamie Cudmore anymore? <laughs> you and him on a bareback horseback ride up to the mountains. Swinging on a, one of his swinging chairs maybe, maybe overlooking fishing. the sea. Maybe, oh, fishing. maybe Yeah, fishing, but but maybe you, you're a bit inexperienced and... Jamie's he's done this loads of times on the, on the Canadian <laughs> rivers, so that's right. He's, he's sitting behind you. With his arms reaching around and showing you how to cast a line. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. All uh, right. Chase okay. me, chase me. <laughs> Shall we get into the front row or is there any more? Uh, well, Ollie Cohn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Big boy. Yeah, really big. 6'9", 21 and a half stone. He's like an old school rugby player. He would have been, he would have been an awesome player, even better than he was in like the 70s and 80s, wouldn't he? Yeah. He should also get in the fattest 15 because he owned the Jolly Hog uh, Sausage Roll Company. Yeah. Oh, does he? He's yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's definitely, he can supply the team with yeah. the Yeah, Ollie Cohn and products. Jonathan Mills and well, Ollie Cohn. Big slice. Big uh, slice indeed. Let's get the calipers out. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get into the front row then where the really big boys are. Okay. Now I've got a left field suggestion. The schoolboy New Zealander... 18 years of age. Oh, yeah. Who's 20, 135 kilograms, over 23 stone. Just celebrated his 18th birthday, and uh, his Whoa. name is Taniella Tupu. Yeah, you're, you're a big fan of his. I oh, yeah. Say. A bit of a YouTube sensation. Watch out for him in uh, an All Blacks jersey soon. Yes, definitely. I, I, I did see something recently. It been, uh, he'd been overlooked for their either under-18s or under-20s um, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair but on the rest of the world. Needs to, need, needs to fill out. <laughs> but come on then, the the real big boys. Oh, f- well, fatty fifteen, Ivy and Lewis Roberts. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. get him in. Well, how about Darren Morris? Yeah, there you go. You have got two Welshmen. You th- right, the well, thing is about Ivy and Lewis Roberts. His teammates speak really, really highly of him, 
people that I know that have played with him speak really, really high, highly of him as a player and don't... So make him thinner? Don't seem to think he's out of shape. But what? <laughs> carries it just around his Who face. Who is he? Darren he? Brown. <laughs> I'm not out of shape. <laughs> no. Yeah, he is out of shape. Come he's on. a very good player, but he's out of shape. He's I mean, you, out of shape. it was the time that he went to Toulon and you've gone like, you're playing with the best players in the world. Have a bit of discipline. Yeah. Just Follow one, the worst one around and do what he does. You're being, you're being played a, paid a fortune to go and do this. Just, come on, shed that extra, those extra kilos. What a, <laughs> what a player he'd be. Darren Morris had a notorious problem with food. Like, just couldn't stop eating. That was the story behind him. Uh, actually, more Welsh props. Um, you would say Jones isn't in, in great shape. I mean, uh, you could make that argument. He is not in great shape. <laughs> come on, guys, come I, on, guys. I'm going to turn the, my computer screen around and there's one guy that we've not talked about yet that I, I, know, I know we're going to see. <laughs> oh, Matt Dunning! Yeah, where's the, the KFC picture of Matt Dunning? <laughs> is very good. Matt Dunning. I mean, he, he did lose a lot of weight, but there was a period <laughs> where he was, an act, he was an Australian international just looking outrageous. <laughs> That's Real. the picture that got turned into the KFC picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Martin Madden. You, Martin Madden was a slice. <laughs> yeah, that's the one, the McDonald's, not KFC. I'm going to tweet this wow. picture again in, uh, in honour of our Fatty 15, a picture of <laughs> Matt Dunning. <laughs> Someone's doctored the rugby ball, so he's holding a massive Big Mac and uh, two portions of fries. Look at the size of him. Look at the size of Martin Madden. He's that's a big, a big slice. He's a big boy. Do you know what, though? Sometimes these, these guys look really massively fat. Man, they are massively fat. But if they can move, it is some of the most impressive stuff you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. But that mass coming towards you. We had a yeah. New Zealander who was like 17 who flew over to play for our first team in Corn Bay. And he could shift like no one I've ever seen. It was awesome. And then you can't wrap your hands around them. And, you know, Phil's one for law, so that would be an immediately, immediate yellow card. <laughs> it's basically like going to Mo Farah before, a, you know... A, Where's this going? A marathon. There you go, Mo. Carry that little rucksack with five kilograms in it, and then him still doing the same level of performance because some of these guys who are carrying a bit of extra timber to play at an international level. Or well, they get carried. Or, well, they don't get carried because it'd be impossible. But you know what I mean? the, 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 they're carrying this dead weight around and still at the highest level, still performing at really high levels. It's it's amazing. American football's one that gets me because there's some proper fat. Oh lads. my word! And they're massive, but really fat. Ryan, is it Ryan Khalil or is it his brother? Matt, is it Matthew Khalil? I think it is. Says every night before before bed, I I have a thousand calorie shake, whether I need it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and you can guarantee that most nights he does not need that, that <laughs> yeah. thousand calorie shake. That's exactly. what they do. Um, exactly. So we mentioned some really fat and out of weight props. I've got a couple of he- very heavy props. Ben. Tamai Tamai Funa. Yeah, well said. Said said like a native. Native Maori, yes, like I am. Who plays for the Chiefs, who's 140 kg, 22 stone. And the uh, the Johnson Johnston boys, Census and James Johnson, both 138, pushing pushing close to 22 stone. Wonderful nice. stuff, wonderful uh, stuff. You've forgotten Tilo. Tilo? Tilo. Treveliosa. Oh, yeah. How can you get Treveliosa? Beautiful picture of him. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, yeah. It's a nice tight, oh! tight fit in jersey. Have that. you got Stefan Armitage in this team? No. no. Why have no. you not got Stefan Armitage in this oh, team? Well, you can, we can, we, we, you know, I leave to, you for you'd two have to lose, minutes. You'd have to lose one of the back row. You could lose Maka and put in Armitage. Uh, you, you would lose about 40 kilograms by doing that. Yeah. But, yes. And uh, he, was Euro, he was Europe's player of the season. Um, have we got a hooker? 
Leota. Tilo. Tilo. Oh, Tilo, sorry. Trevor Leota at hooker and... Who had, I know I've said this before. Just remember, he had to have a minder from Wasps to make sure that he didn't go and go and get KFC. The other hooker, who was the biggest of his day, was Steve Thompson, close to 19 stone. But then when he retired, he got up to like 22 stone and had to shed it all. Yeah, he did though. Uh, he, he did, but then in the uh, the Help for Heroes game where they played the England Legends... Oh, yeah, he scored it will enter the try. Uh, field try, yeah. but he's got to be more than 22 stone now. He looked massive. That's a, that's a pretty awesome 15. I, I would go... I, which props would you go? I'd go Matt Dunning and Aves. in the middle. F, yeah, Avion Lewis-Roberts. Aves. He's so out of shape. Aves and Matt Dunning. Yeah, they've earned that. Tilo. <laughs> Tilo, yeah. Love it. What a great 15. If, you've got, if there's anyone we've missed... At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. and I'm uh, sure there is. Oh, there must be. Tony Buckley. We missed him. He's just big though, isn't he? He's just big. He's like... And he's fat. It, when we do a useless 15, we'll get him in. <laughs> <laughs> he can play with the likes of Halladine Luscom and a few others. Nathan uh, Budget. Yeah. <laughs> right, quick game of just a rugby minute then. So we've got a topic and it's my turn to come up with something for Phil. We're gonna, Phil's going to try and talk about it for one minute. And if he fails, hesitates or can't say anything... Then we move on to JB and so forth. Whoever's talking at the end of a minute is the winner. Phil, I would like you to talk for one minute about bubbling. Bubbling is where you urinate into your own mouth. (laughs) (laughs) If you add the word hot to bubbling, you also get the song from the mid-90s from Paso Banton, which has nothing to do with rugby. <laughs> Although he was a fan of the Jamaican national, national team, which is probably the owner of the fastest sevens team maybe in the world. Um, famous Jamaican players of Jamaican descent would include... Hugo Monnier? I don't know. <laughs> what I don't know. that got to do with bubbling? <laughs> the most high-profile case of bubbling happened recently when... National Rugby League player Todd Carney was photographed by a friend in a public lavatory urinating into his own mouth. This led to widespread Facebook bubbling, which became a bit of a craze. Todd Carney has been sacked Todd from the... Twice. Oh, it's fine. I said Todd Carney. Oh, you're quite right. You're quite right. Win for Phil. Win for Phil. <laughs> Phil wins another one. Technicality at the end. Oh, well, let's move on anyway. Sorry, Ugo Monia, I You're not from... Um... <laughs> uh, from from Jamaica, but I just couldn't think of anyone fast at the time. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven's team. Oh, Marlon Yard. Club close up then. So we've been just having a look at some of the recruitment that's been going on and the relative chances of success of various teams, and we've been going through for the time being the Aviva Premiership. And we've done eight of the teams. The next two we're going to look at is London Irish and Gloucester. Now, if we have a look at the state of their stash, we'll have a look at the state of their mm. recruitment and we'll have a look at the state of their uh, their chances for the coming season. Two teams that didn't perform especially well last year. Let's start with London Irish. They've Let's just deal with their stash. They've changed to O'Neill's. Yeah. Um, for me from ISC you loved their kit last year didn't you Jay uh, Phil I did I can't understand that I really like that ISC kit the only way you could like that kit is if when you first saw it you'd been pleasured by three Victoria's Secret models and it's burnt (laughs) into your psyche it's not a good kit I thought it was a lovely kit 
well, good colour, well what, made. What do you think of their new one? It, it, I'm a bit like meh about it. It's kind of nothing. yeah. I'm not. It doesn't score highly for me. I'm I'll, afraid. I prefer the emerald green to the dark green that they had last year. Ah, see, I prefer the dark dark green. But it's kind of just a. It's just a kit. It's just plain. It's yeah. Like an, it's like an it's island. Rubbish. It's like an island shirt, but they've changed. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. I've just had a look at it. I don't like it. Yeah, let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah, let's it's, move. it's offensive. <laughs> let's move on from that. They had a disappointing season. Yeah, you'd have to say uh, in terms of did rec- they have a disappointing season? Because I yeah. kind of think that they they kind of shocked themselves. I think they thought they were going to do worse. I I don't know about that. I, I well, if you actually look back at their signings last year, they signed a load of lads from the championship. They were the better players. Their player of the season was a signing Blair Cowan. From Worcester, their other their players' player of the season was Nick Rouse. Nick Rouse. A, lock, that, a lock from oh, some some is, lad. Is anyone you know? Oh, I've, I might have met him a few times. Chris, oh, Christmas's birthdays, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, um, weddings and all that. Yeah, he 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 was a signing from Nottingham, and then in the front row, you had, you had guys like Matt Parr who played really really well and and, and stepped up and did well, and Eamon Sheridan in the centre. So they brought they they lost a load of players to London Irish West Bath. Bath. And they and they got in a load of guys from the championship and and stayed in the division, which yeah. yeah. And the, their biggest name signings were James O'Connor and so CJ Vanderland, who so didn't play. Who didn't? Yeah, James O'Connor looked good when he played, but didn't always play. So just from what you're saying, then I think they they have had a good, good season, and they've probably overachieved. Well, I would say that they missed Halani Alika the whole season their tight head prop, Lynch right. in the scrum, and they missed David Pace for most of the season, who when he was playing, I was looking at him going, he could well be the best English hooker. Now, yeah, because he's, he's got, He was he's awesome. Capped, capped, isn't he? He was awesome when he did play, but he didn't play very much. The signings they've made, I, I look at the actual signings and there's no big names. I think what they've done is signed a lot of depth. Quite a few internationals in there. Yeah. But no, there's no James O'Connor who's no. like a, a, yeah, a star. You could make a, a an amazing team out of players that have left London Irish in the last three seasons. Yes, and maybe you could we'll, make an awesome international team out of that. Maybe we'll do that on a future pod. You just think off the top of your head, Corbiziero, the, the, Ar- long, uh, the Armitage brothers. The London Irish all-time 15. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph. Matt Garvey. Matt Garvey, yeah. yeah uh, Jamie, Jamie Gibson. Yeah, and the guys that aren't... Uh, uh, yeah, James Gibson and David Cece, who's on the fringes at Bath in the back row there as well. They've got, some really, they've got an amazing academy production line. I thought they were taken over by that wealthy consortium. I wonder if that will change things. I thought that has changed things, which is why they're able to keep people now. Um, I'll tell you the guy that I really like for London Irish. He didn't play a lot last year, but when he did come on, he looked really good. Um, the the ginger Tom, lad who Tom plays Homer. I Tom like Homer. him a lot. Yeah, well yeah. he's back. I, I don't see it being a, a season where they're gonna they're gonna threaten the top of the division, but I see them doing better than they did last year personally. If Orlika and Pace are back and they've got a little bit more depth, so when they do get the odd injury, they can oh, cope. Okay, do you want to go into Gloucester before we? Yep. Uh, pick the positions that they're going to be in in the league. Now it was interesting when, when we went to BT Sport and. Austin Healy and Ben Kay and, and the boy we were sort of sat in the green room and they were having a natter. They were all saying that they wrote down their top fours in an envelope and sealed them and put them away. And Austin Healy gave us a little bit of a tip off. He said, "Hang on, do we know what the top fours were? They wrote down because they would have released them. By they, they, they would have talked about it, yeah. But they, but Austin Healy gave us a little tip off and he said, "There's a few of the boys, I reckon, and I think he was talking about himself as well, who yeah. put Gloucester yeah. in their top four last year. So they had a woeful season on that basis. Yes." Yeah, absolutely woeful. And we've talked about it all season long. A big part of that was 
the front five, wasn't it? Yeah, they <laughs> really, really struggled. Pathetic. I think <laughs> I think that's the word that you'd look for. Pathetic. Uh, I think I summed it up when we watched who were they playing against, and their uh, the, the, the the driving more defense was. To hold on and be dragged, it was it incredible. Was the anch- at the same time, it was the anchor defense. <laughs> Should grab people around the legs and fall on the floor. Fall on the floor, yeah. <laughs> well, they couldn't. I don't think they could have done a lot better in terms of their recruitment. Jonathan or Richard Hibbard for the front Superb. row. For the front row. That's super. That's excellent. That's really. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That's too. So you can build around it now. If you've got a kid who was struggling last year, it might be getting better. Now, now you can choose when to bring bring that guy through rather than just throw throw him in. Yeah, two proven internationals there. Exactly. So that that's good. Uh, the the disappointing one would be, oh, Ian Evans is available. Let's not sign him. Let's mm. sign Tom Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 35. He was playing good rugby four four or five years ago, but not so much anymore. It's not so much the age. It's, it's actually just watching him play for Wasps. It, was, it wasn't the same Tom Palmer. It wasn't the um, same. They've also signed an Argentinian second row. Galazza. Galazza, but from Worcester. I mean, whether Laidlaw is going to be a massive improvement at nine over what they had last year, I don't know. But Hook and Twelve Trees could be really interesting, couldn't they? Yeah, and Trinder is an excellent outside yeah, centre. And yeah. then they've got pace on the wings Gaps with May, Sharples, James Simpson, Daniels, if he gets back fit. I think they're one of those teams that, bearing in mind, they haven't quite got the pack now that they used to have traditionally. Gloucester was always about the big pack. Yeah. And they've had they've had this backs and struggling forwards long enough. If there was a team that I would say would benefit from going out to an artificial pitch, it'd probably be Gloucester. At the moment, yes, they'll never do it because it's not no. that's not the Gloucester way. They love their big forwards. Well, yeah, we'll say that, but they haven't had a big pack for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I still I think they'll do better than last year, but I don't think they'll be uh, threatening the top four. Well, we've been putting people in positions as we've been talking about them in pairs. So, we, what have we got the table so far? We've got so North oh, Hunt. you missed up the kit. Oh, the kit. Oh, Gloucester kit. Oh, the Goodness kit. Well, me. Sorry, sorry, JB. <laughs> they're keeping the same kit as last year, which right. uh, is... A, is the, mag- a, the Magna Clean. Is, is an abomination. It looks like it's been designed by a, <laughs> by a five-year-old. Here's, here's uh, the shame of it, though. Here's the shame of it. Worst kit in the Premiership. Yeah. The shame of it is they have half the solution there because if you bring up their... Um, if you bring up a picture of their kit, you can see the home kit and the away kit. Now, the away kit, again, is atrocious. So I saw <laughs> I saw them play in their away kit against Wasps in their horrible St. George's Day kit, and I literally, I couldn't tell you who, who, who was playing. I it's didn't the, know. It's the pink and blue one, isn't it? But half the solution is in that pink and, pink and blue kit. Can you see it? What makes the blue? The blue shorts, the traditional blue Gloucester shorts with the red striped top. I do That's like that. That's what they that need look. to do. I do like that old <laughs> look from the old uh, days got, with... Yeah, Vickery running down the wing in his blue shorts. Exactly, Gloucester. You know what to do. You've already done it once. It's the blue shorts, that little bit of red trim, maybe heavy cotton if you really want to go there, <laughs> and then and then the cherry and white. It's so simple. And when you've got something as elegant as the cherry and white hoops, why have you added these silly little white panels? Why? <laughs> I know. It's well, part uh, of the problem with the kit last year was also that it was modelled by Freddie Burns. Yeah, that won't be happening this and year. And it was it? it was three sizes too big for him. So yeah, just get. Get twelve trees or someone like that. Get get a foa. I was just looking at past Gloucester kits, and they're just they've. It looks like they've been taking mushrooms. Like <laughs> here, here's one here. Do you know they had the red panel and the red panel and then white down the side? No, that's wrong. This this old juice one is nice. Uh, if, that's just classic yeah. red and white. If they come out again wearing this awful kit, so what I'm going to tell them to do is uh, they should all all the team starting fifteen just go to the sports shop and buy some Wigan kit because that's <laughs> what they should be looking like really. <laughs> Ugh. I think they're... Oh, what positions have we got left? We've got Northampton finishing second, Bath finishing third, Quinns fifth, Wasp seventh, Sale eighth, 
Exeter 10th, London Welsh 11th, Newcastle 12th, which means 1st, 4th, 6th and 9th are available. Uh, well, well, then I'd, I'd go probably, you have to be a better man and go Gloucester 6th, London Irish 9th. I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Happy with that. I was thinking maybe higher, but then I thought no, because we're missing the the Titans, which are Leicester and Saris. Leicester and Saris to talk about next time out. Yeah, one, one in first and one in fourth. That'll be an interesting discussion. Interesting discussion, uh, we'll, which we'll get to next time. Do you know what? Oh, that's the kit, the one, the, the Gloucester kit with Uniport on it. That's uh, the one that, oh, Olivier Azam and... Who was that flight of Frederick Mercier when they had Mercier, a 10-man yeah. oh, 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 team? Oh, oh. They used to kick and, and who was the kick nine? and ruck and maul. And who's the nine? Was it, was it uh, Gomesol? Nope. Dimitri Yashvili. Yashvili? Well, of course he was. Yeah. Oh, that was a good Gloucester team. Wasn't it just? <laughs> well, no. They played really ugly rugby. Well, but they, they, they played were under, good. Sa- under, under Saint-André then, didn't they? Yeah. I thought they, were, they, were, they were quite good. There's a beauty in the rolling maul, mm. and I love it, and they did it non-stop. They've... they've... They've got the DNA to be a good team. They just need to... I don't know what, what's happening, but they need to sort it out. <laughs> Can I just um, mention, by the way, Magnus Lund signing for Sale Sharks? There's been loads of signings and London Welsh got a few more, but I think we should just mention Magnus Lund. I love the picture that the BBC Rugby Union page have got of Magnus Lund. Right, so this is meant to be a... Magnus Lund, Sale Sharks, re-sign former flanker from Beerit. The picture that they've chosen... Is Magnus Lund dropping the ball oh, no. whilst he's getting smashed <laughs> to the ground? Look, <laughs> is he offloading? I hope he's offloading. He's smashed by a thirteen as well. Oh, <laughs> getting no. smashed by an outside centre, dumped no. to the ground and dropping the ball. That's the picture that BBC have selected. Poor old Magnus. The other thing in the uh, the local press that we, me and you read on on Saturday. Oh, the, Tim. the South Manchester Reporter. Yeah, that. Uh, it was a, an interview with Steve, Stephen, Steve Diamond when he'd signed, yeah. and it was Steve Diamond being Steve Diamond, making it all about him. Oh his, yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. opening line was, "I gave him his debut back in 2002." <laughs> Nothing to do with. We're delighted to have Magnus on board. It's a, <laughs> it's a real coup for the club. I gave him his debut. <laughs> he started this podcast, did he not? Steve he Diamond. Us, <laughs> yeah, he was indirectly responsible. I'm the most interesting man in rugby. <laughs> Uh, We have one further bit of business on this week's podcast, and that is the fan-free agency. Now, let's just remind ourselves of the situation. Phil, for the first time, is facing a rugby season not as a player. He's been uh, man and boy at Sedgley Park. And the thing about playing rugby at a good level, as Phil got to the championship and stuff, is you don't don't follow a team other than England. Uh, And and the team you're playing for. And the team you're playing for, exactly. Mm, mm. So he's never tasted what it's like to be a fan. We want to change that. Phil wants a team. So he's a he's a fan free agent, and with the team he selects is going to be decided by the pitches and the like. Think of like Dragons Den, but mm. you, but your club is the is the product, and he's and, the only dragon, and he's the only dragon. Yes, yeah. where's Scott Quinnell with the dragons? <laughs> Bring on the dragons! Um, so that's what we want from you. And there's been some more people getting in touch. Well, well, before you do, let me nope. just get let me sorry get, get the music. Let me play get his the, music. Play Phil's music. There we go. Little hobo music. Keeps on calling me. Come on then, JB. Okay, well, <laughs> this individual is actually part of the club itself and is director of social media. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool, eh? Okay, uh, he also reports, apologies for the rather rushed nature of this submission. I couldn't quite be asked. So, <laughs> honesty. <laughs> honesty. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> big club is, is, uh, is from one of the, the directors. So, 
Old Sullyans RFC, Lansdowne Road, Bath. History. Sullyans were founded in 1926 by Arnold Ridley, famous for playing the weak-bladded Private Godfrey in 1970's sitcom Dad's Army. Sullyans have maintained the club in proud tradition of urinary incontinence ever since. Nice. Nice. Uh, and if our regular post-game bubbling sessions don't attract, <laughs> don't attract Phil, sure, <laughs> I'm not sure what will. That, uh, that's only by surprise. I've not read this yet. <laughs> Ground. Sullyans play on top of old Lansdowne Hill in Bath. Do you know where this is? Yes. Have you played there? Uh, I've not played on that pitch, but I know exactly where it is. It's a beautiful spot. It's a nice part of Bath, which is a there's no bad parts of Bath. Yeah, it's not like um, it's not like the ghetto part of Bath, is it? Like the east side. No, like I I lived in. In fact, bought my first house in the student area, which supposedly the the you know the area for ruffians. It's still gorgeous Georgian limestone, lovely. Yeah, sounds good. great. Sounds like Newcastle. Um, in in the summer, the spectacular view from the pitches stretches out across the city and fields of Somerset to Glastonbury, the, the men dips and beyond. Unfortunately, we play in the winter, when the only reason players are willing to to, to brave the horizontal hail smashing into their faces is that they can't see through the fog. Playing style. Sullyan's fast attacking uh, attacking playing style is dictated by, by the fact that their back three are all young, small and light. Um, unfortunately, the, the front three are all young, small and light. <laughs> That's not the middle nine. Sounds like Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> there were some games last season against huge t- tattooed Bristolians uh, or massive Somerset farmers that are now set a subject to, to <laughs> inquiry by Operation Utree. Uh, <laughs> it felt like felt like his rugby to consist of of one side engaged in seventeen nine minutes of last ditch try line defence. Then he'll be spoiled as uh, Sullyans. He does love that. He does, he does, yeah, he does love do. a rear guard action. Uh, <laughs> Atmosphere. Lansdowne Road is rightly famous for its intense partisan atmosphere. Can I stop you? This is, this is a hastily done short entry. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Come on. It's the best one we've had. I know. Very funny. Passionate, uh, loud, passionate supporters. Coincidentally, Sullyan's Grounds has the same name, uh, although it's less convenient for Dublin City Centre. As a contributor to the Egg Chasers podcast, we feel Phil will be right at home. Uh, conclusion. <laughs> we may be small, under-resourced club playing in lower leagues in the west of England, but does that mean Phil's experience as a fan of, fan of Sullyans will be poorer than if he chose Bath or Leicester? Of course. What a stupid question. I, I realised that I could have sold, sold the club a bit more, but JB was, <laughs> was harassing me to send it before you recorded this week's show. Oh, and the Commonwealth Sevens are on. Why is he watching Commonwealth Sevens? <laughs> Maybe his TV's broke. So, uh, that's from Mike, Mikey Rich, Director of Social Media. Good work, Mikey Rich. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I did. I love the uh, post-match bubbling sessions. <laughs> Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. We could even get a game if we went there. <laughs> almost, I, I could get a game. Almost, almost certainly. So I think Old Sullyans RFC are going to go through to boot room. Yes. Oh, Results. wow. Results. Wow. Wow. Phil's, Phil's going to bubble in celebration. <laughs> Off you go, Phil. Go get bubbling. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. Well, um, go get in there, JB. <laughs> oh, this Josh, is not. Josh this is J. not nice. This is not nice. <laughs> it stings. <laughs> um, well, we are going to go down to Bath at some point, so we might, might give him a visit anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're they're through to boot room. Oh, well, well then, boys. Along well then. with Ulster, Leicester, Bath. Yep. Yes. That's it. That's it so far. So old Sully and Jimmy, an esteemed company. Well done, guys. Well done indeed. If you want to make a pitch, if you've got a club that's got something to offer and you would like us to come and do podcasts, watch games, buy the shirt, 
become paid up members. Well, Phil. Or Phil. Phil. <laughs> Phil if you that, want us to spend Phil's money on your merchandise, yes, <laughs> send exactly. us a pitch. And we'll, and we'll say that by the time the first week of the season comes around, Phil will have had to have made up his mind, which means if you haven't already, then uh, get on your bike and yeah, get so suggested. Got, next week we'll have Harlequins Ooh. and we'll have London Irish. I might be mm. swayed towards Harlequins. Well, indeed. indeed. And, and also, yeah, now we're having high-level conversations with the Harlequins. Yes. And, and get your suggestion in. Yeah. Right, let's have a quick round of just a rugby minute then. Um, JB, you're picking something for me now. Leslie Vinacolo. Leslie Vinacolo, a Bradford Bulls rugby league player converted by the RFU and sort of given to Gloucester as a way of getting him into rugby union. He was part of the World Cup squad in 2007. I believe I don't know. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Uh, on his Gloucester debut, he scored five tries, which was consistent with his form for Bradford, where he was top try scorer in the Super League for many years. He had an off-field incident when he oh, was. I know what you're going to say. Oh, Damn no. it! <laughs> when he was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he had. JB. He had red braids in his hair for a short period of time whilst playing for the international team. Uh, and after playing for Gloucester, moved over to France, where he went into a rugby slumber and then achieved no- nothing further. Originally from New Zealand, he grew up playing rugby league for the New Zealand Warriors. Does that not count New Zealand twice? He played for New Zealand international team. And New Zealand Warriors. Did he play Canberra for Raiders. Oh, I was wrong. Oh, I, I technically get a win. Yeah, you, get, you win. Well done, Tim. As, as a technicality, I didn't really deserve it <laughs> God my damn. pitiful effort to start with. Well, we're done for another podcast. Phil, represent us with pride uh, when you meet all the Harlequins boys down at the kit launch on Wednesday. I'll try. Have we got the Egg Chasers Club ties yet? Oh, Not that's... yet. No. Not yet. Not I yet, can but... sort that out, though. Yeah. We need a close... We need a, a crest, like a proper crest. We should do. We're getting a bit of partridge there if we go with a blazer <laughs> crest. And... I would go for a crest. Oh, you mean a crest on the tie? Oh, yeah. oh I thought you meant like a, a badge oh, on the... for your blazer. Ooh. <laughs> Don't give him ideas, to him. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. Badge and tie set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, egg, egg chaser ties, that, that, club tie. That might yeah, be a good shout. Dishing out club ties to, then. Go, to, go to give them to away for fans. exceptional um, contributions towards the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. We'll look into that. But uh, Phil, represent us with pride. D- do us proud, and we look forward to firstly seeing the Harlequins kit and check out rugby podcast. And Phil will be there, tweeting pictures, interviewing players, and giving you a behind the scenes look at one of the most eagerly anticipated kits in rugby history and uh, and then obviously keep your contributions coming at Rugby Podcast on Twitter nice one JB cheers Tim and uh, nice one Phil cheers Tim we'll catch you in a bit even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.